Hello, and welcome to Thrive, a podcast that gives you strategies and inspiration to help you live your best life. Learn from us, two cancer survivors, as we show you how we don't just survive, but thrive. This episode of the Thrive Podcast is sponsored by our free online Crushed Cancer Self-Care Boot Camp. Please sign up for this boot camp by going to darakurtz.com, D-A-R-A-K-U-R-T-Z.com, or check out the link below in the show notes. It will be from October 1st through 15th, and it is open to anyone who has ever heard those terrifying words, you have cancer. Hi, I'm Garth Callahan. I am the original Napkin Notes dad. I'm a seven-time cancer thriver. And more importantly, I've been writing notes and sticking them into my daughter's lunch ever since she was in kindergarten. Hi, I'm Dara, author of the book Crush Cancer, available on Amazon and creator of crazyperfectlife.com. Welcome to our show. Garth, we have a really fun show today, as always. <laughs> I know. You know, it's it's when I was thinking about this, I was kind of wondering, how are we going to talk about building and maintaining relationships in today's world? Frankly, we're very separate. Lots of people don't know their neighbors. They have True. moved far away from their, their original hometown or their family. And how do you continue to build and maintain those relationships over time and distance? It's weird because we're actually more connected than we've ever been in terms of like, it's such a small world because, you know, we're talking to people from literally all over the world. And you and I do this via social media every single day. And yet we spend so much time alone in our homes. You're right. We don't know our neighbors. We don't know really the people a lot of times that we see every day. So today we're talking about establishing and building relationships. And you know, when I think about my life and what's really valuable and important to me, relationships are the most important thing to me. The relationships I have with the people that I love, the relationships I have with my family, my friends. I mean, that to me means more than anything else. And I really think that it comes down to that old saying that things are things. Right. right. You can replace your things that you have, right? If, if for some reason you've lost them. And in the end, they're truly just things. And all you yeah. really have is the relationships that you've built out with people. And one of the things that I've, I've always found interesting, there've been a number of studies about how human beings build and maintain friendships and relationships. And it seems like we're hardwired to only have, do you know what the max number of friends that you can have is? I exceed that number. Well, so no, you have, you have to define friends as people who you okay. who you would immediately recognize, who you immediately could start talking with, who you immediately would help out in a situation where they needed some serious help. And the number is 150. Oh, okay. That's actually a pretty big number. It is a, a big number, but it's also, if you think about how, you know, there's 7 billion people on the planet or 7 sure, billion plus, sure. and the 150 comes from about the size of what a nomadic tribe was, you know, 10,000 years ago. Well, you know, we're actually doing this podcast right after the big storm, Hurricane Flo, or I should say, what is it now? Like it was, a, was it, it was downgraded to a... It's a tropical storm. Now. Tropical storm. Yeah. yeah. But so many people have got on TV and said basically really what we're saying, which is things can be replaced, but it's the people, the lives, the relationships we have with our communities that are going to pull us through. And that's exactly how I think, 
you and I feel. I couldn't agree more. And every once in a while, something happens. Some, somebody says something that kind of makes me realize how connected we are outside of that, you know, whatever our core group is. And I will admit, I think you and I probably have different core group tolerances. So you are very much more extroverted than I am. And so my core group is probably smaller than average. And your core group is probably a little bit bigger than average just because I have a comfort level with, you know, less people. I was chatting with a friend of mine on WhatsApp the other day, somebody that I don't see at all, basically, right? So somebody that I met here in the States, she lives in Europe, and somehow the topic of Garth came up. Mm -hmm. And this person's friend said, oh, yeah, I know that guy. And my friend said, oh, the napkin dude? And <laughs> her friend was like, yeah, I know. I know of him. And that was kind of a weird thing for me to read. But it did make me realize that there's connections that are built up there that I have to actively and purposely maintain. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think when we talk about building relationships, the word intention definitely needs to be part of it because you are not going to build strong relationships with people unless you're really intentional about it, I think. I mean, sure, you might have surface friendships and you might even have friendships that go a little bit further. But in terms of like really getting to know people and having some deep conversations, I feel like you have to be kind of intentional about making the time to do that, fitting it into your schedule. Right. I, in fact, I just scheduled coffee with one of my best friends, Jim. Jim and I have known each other for gosh, probably 25 years, give or take. We kind of followed each other career-wise. We both were working in New England. We both ended up working in the same company in Boston. I moved to Richmond. He came to Richmond shortly afterwards with the same company. And so for all intents and purposes, we actually haven't worked together for probably 15 years, maybe even 20 years. But we have this purposeful intention of every couple of weeks. And we don't it's almost like clockwork. You know, I think, oh, I haven't had coffee with Jim in a couple of weeks. Let me send him a quick text message and we'll get it on our calendars. And he does the same thing, right? So every couple of weeks, we are purposefully and intentionally setting aside an hour for each other. And we catch up and we talk about our kids. Our kids had gone to school together. We try to get together with our spouses every once in a while. But it's purposeful. Yeah, it has to be purposeful. What do you think about people that come into our lives and are there for maybe a little bit and then they kind of, they, I don't know, they, for whatever reason, I'm not going to say we outgrow them, but I definitely feel like there are different seasons and there are times when people are in my life and then maybe their lives get busy or my life gets busy and then we kind of grow apart a little bit, but then they'll come back in my life or we never really stop caring about each other. And we, if we run into each other or we see each other, it just kind of, we pick up right where we left off. Yeah. I think, you know, what's, there are a couple of different types of relationships in that category. One is the seasonal relationship, which it ebbs and flows like the tide, right? So yes. sometimes it's because you're working in similar situations or your family lives have similar 
situations. Maybe your kids have soccer together or something like that, right? And you're seeing each other a lot more often. And then you kind of... You know, I actually had to learn about that because I remember when I first started working and I was like, you know, young and out of college and in my first job and I was really close with people. And then like they would get promoted or I would get promoted and we wouldn't work together. And I thought we were going to be like BFFs forever. And then I kind of learned that, you know what, we were good friends while we were in that space. But then once they moved on, the friendship really didn't move on with it. Well, and, th and that's the other type, right? That the seasonal is, is in and out. And then there's the other that it's really just in and then out and never comes back. And that's okay too, because you know, again, you can't maintain casual relationships and you shouldn't be expected to. I'm 49. I know that this might be a shock to some people, but I actually dated a handful of women before I got married to my wife. And so those relationships were really important to me at the time. But in today's world, I can look back and I can say, well, for the most part, I genuinely don't think, oh, I, I wish to maintain a friendship with that person. And it's not because they're bad people or I'm a bad person. It's just because I'm in a completely different space now. And it doesn't make sense for me to have a friendship with that person. And that's okay. Yeah. It's really yeah. okay. And I feel like we learn from people and people who come into our lives and it doesn't even really matter how long they stay sometimes. I mean, there's usually something that I can take from that relationship. I learned something from the time that we had together. Yeah, I think the one challenge and, and everybody experiences this is where the relationship is a little bit more one-sided and it kind of fizzles out afterwards and you think gosh you know i really thought that our friendship was more than maybe what it was and that's hard it's hard yeah. to accept it can hurt it definitely um, can hurt absolutely it hurts and then you but think gosh you know what did i do or what did i say i know somebody who was really close to another woman they were were working in a food bank together. And so they saw each other every week. And then all of a sudden, one of the women kind of just cut ties. And the first woman was completely caught off guard and has no idea what she said or did to cause her friend to step away. And I think that that really, to this day, probably causes concern for the first woman. But did she ask her? The other person wouldn't respond to anything. Wow. See, that's the kind of thing that I really have no patience for in my life now. I mean, I'm 47 years old and I have no, I don't want any drama. I mean, I, I have a 16 year old daughter and fortunately she doesn't really have a lot of drama and I have also a 19 year old almost. And I've seen my share of teenage girl drama and I just don't who needs that? Life is too short to waste energy on that kind of bullshit. As you were saying this, all I could think of is I was so very thankful uh, for Emma as she was growing up that she really didn't have any patience or tolerance for friend group drama and learned to distance herself pretty quickly from those dramatic elements that happen. And look, it naturally happens. It happens for teenagers. It happens for grownups. It is what it is. Um, yeah. But she learned that she didn't need or want to be part of that. But don't you feel like after, you know, everything you've been through with regards to the big C that, you know, you're just kind of like, I do not have any time or energy to waste on drama or insignificant Yes. So, so <laughs> I looked up and your face was like, I'm like, what? Yeah. So I absolutely, you know, when you said the word insignificant, right? Yes. I have no patience to sit down with a friend of mine yeah. and talk about 
the weather that we've been having. Yeah. Who has time for that? I mean, I want real relationships that we connect on a deeper level. I think what you're saying is like the surfacey bullshit. You're saying you don't really want any of that anymore. Right. And you know what? I'm fine with the surfacey crap if it's really relevant to something that happened. Like, hey, you know, we just had this hurricane come through and it ripped off half the siding of my house. <laughs> and and now I'm, I'm really having to work hard to yeah. correct that. That's yeah. absolutely, it borders on significant, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I want to talk about people's hopes and dreams and goals and how they're kind of, I don't know, progressing in life or how they're becoming better people. Um, I love that actually, Garth, <clears throat> how they're becoming better people. I mean, yeah. that's actually just a beautiful way to say it. Well, we all have that capacity for growth. We should always be look, looking to learn and grow. Right. And so you really can't focus on becoming a better person if you're caught up in a bunch of drama, right? Yep. I'm, I'm going to share something. And I actually heard this in a sermon at church probably about a year ago. And it was so remarkable that I found a pen and I wrote down what the priest said because I, I just, I needed to capture the words. Ooh. I don't even remember what he was talking about, but this one sentence, and it talks to me about what is it? the I can't capacity wait. to learn and grow. And the sentence was, even if where you are is a great place, it is not a great place to stay. Yes. Right. So I, yes. look, I have considered myself and I, and I never knew this term until I was much older. You know, I'm a lifetime learner. You are a lifetime learner. I mean, I feel like you are always stretching yourself to grow. And I feel like I do that also. I wasn't always like that. I mean, again, it's that word intentional. You have to intentionally put yourself in that space. And hopefully you have friendships that are parallel with your desire to continue to grow. And if not, I feel like that's when it really maybe you get in a situation where it doesn't work anymore. Right. Well, and you know, I, I look to people who for friends. Challenge, challenge you. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. Right. I mean, and that's why I think you and I have been able to continue to maintain and develop, not just maintain, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and grow yeah. a relationship because we challenge each other. I don't know how many times one of us says something or we bring up an idea to the other person and immediately the answer is like, nah, that's not really for me. And then we kind of state our case and we think about it and we contemplate it a little bit and then we say, yeah, let's, let's try to do that. You know why? One of my favorite things that you say to me sometimes, and this is literally one of my favorite things that I've learned from you. I'm kind of excited to tell you this is whenever I come up with something and maybe I am, I'm not going to say fearful, but maybe I'm just kind of like questioning myself. Like, I don't know, maybe I, is that a good idea? Or I don't know if I'm going to do that or blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I love it when you say like, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> I knew you were going to say because that. Because I love that. I mean, it's like, I really actually say that to myself sometimes now, because really what is the worst that's going to happen? It's relatively risk-free most of the time, right? I mean, so what? You might have to uh, swallow a little bit of humble pie or say, you know what? It didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out, but I tried it. But that is one of my favorite things that I've learned from you is just to push myself because most of the time, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, I, um, and I really did learn that from you. So I, thank, uh, thank you. 
you're you're welcome. I am I, I really have used that phrase for a long time and I've tried to live the phrase and um it kind of goes I actually we unexpectedly saw Emma a couple of weekends ago and I had been planning on shipping her a box of napkins just so that she could have one for every day of the month of September. Mm. So it turned out that we were going to see her early in the month and I went ahead and I just brought the napkins up. And um, one of the napkins that I wrote to her um, speaks exactly to what you just said. Um, but it also puts in that, that Irish element of Garth Callahan, which is no risk, no story. Mm, so true. So true. I love it. And, and, and I think that for, for you and me, it, it's just this, constant i don't know um speculation or coming up with ideas or you know it's so fun right and and you and i we're kind of stimulating each other's creativity yes yes and that's what you want in a friendship and it doesn't have to be creativity it could be anything else but if your friend is challenging you is asking you like my friend jim and i we're always asking each other what's next Right. What's the next thing that we're trying to work on or what's the next idea or what's the next whatever? And what's next is so important. Well, and it's so important in your life. And so if you're surrounding yourself with people who aren't asking you what's next and you're surrounding yourself with people who really don't even care about what their next is, it's going to impact you because we really are who we surround ourselves with. I mean, I notice that even more and more. I mean, I, I see it with my kids. I see it really with everyone, but it totally matters for adults also. And I think a lot of times adults don't think about that because we're used to having maybe the same group of friends that we've had for several years. And we don't think about, you know what, are our friends really pushing us to be the best versions of ourselves today in this moment? So, you know what, consider this like maybe your opportunity to kind of step back a bit and analyze and look at the landscape of your friendships and be honest about it. And we're not saying ditch your friends. We're definitely not saying that, but no, you know what we're saying is what that are if, we you, saying? <laughs> if your friendship is, is maybe a little bit stagnant. Yeah. Put then, maybe put a little of effort in there. Yeah. Maybe you should be the one that tries to stimulate yes. a little bit of growth. That is what we're saying. <clears throat> you know, I want to get back to a one-sided friendship because I, I have a lot of people, I feel like this comes up a lot. I hear from people a lot and they their feelings get hurt and they feel like maybe they're in a one-sided friendship and they don't know what to do. Um, and maybe it's more of a, a female thing, I don't know. But it doesn't feel good for anyone to be in a one-sided friendship. And if, if, if you feel like you're being taken advantage of or you're putting all the effort into it and you're not being met even halfway, then guess what? I give you permission to end that one-sided friendship because you know in your heart if something isn't feeling right, if it's not serving you well. And sometimes it's hard to walk away, but you don't want to be taken advantage of. You know, I, I do think it might be. I'm so a female thing. It it, it it might be. It might or it just might not be a Garth thing. No, I feel like honestly, I mean, there's. Look, we don't want to get to I don't like to put people in categories. I don't like to say like it's always, you know, female versus male, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it is a known fact that 
females, there tends to be more drama in schools with girls than boys. I don't even think my husband's ever even had drama with any of his adult friends. You probably haven't either. Well, and I think a lot of it is because some of our friendships, I, I think a lot of male friendships are, I don't want to say just surface, but they are more of a bonding experience type of a friendship. And so, you know, how do you, how do you build and maintain that type of relationship? Well, I mean, it's by doing things together, you know, whether Absolutely. it's right, whether it's getting together for poker or going to baseball games or whatever. And we, and men again, not to categorize, but let's face it, we probably don't talk as much about our feelings, our goals, <laughs> our dreams with other men. Although I will say my best friendships do exactly that. Yeah. Sometimes I'm with my husband at night and I'll turn to him and he's really tired and he's on his phone and we're just sitting there and I'm like, John, let's talk, you know, put your phone down, let's talk. And he'll turn to me and he'll be like, I thought we were talking. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> we're not talking. <laughs> and he's like, I thought that's what we've been doing because I don't want to just talk about the day or like you, like the weather or just, you know, the, the life chores, if you will. I don't want to talk about our schedules. I want to like have deep talks. And so it is kind of funny sometimes. Do you think it's about time for um, a yes. thriving tip for the week? My thriving tip. Yes. Okay. So here's the thriving tip. And if you're new to the Thrive Podcast, a thriving tip is a little nugget of goodness that hopefully maybe will stretch you a little bit. And this thriving tip is identify one person in your life now that you are currently friends with and be honest about a friendship that you really want to grow. Maybe you haven't put the time into it that you really want to have given that friendship in order to kind of maybe let it blossom a little bit more and reach out to that person, ask them to go to coffee or go for a walk. But I encourage you to find one person in your life and someone that you feel like you could have a really good connection with, but you just haven't had time to make it a priority and make it a priority. And we want to hear about this. We want to hear about how your friendships are growing. Just like Garth said with his friend Jim, they get a coffee, they make it a priority. Do that with one person in your life and let us know how putting that time, energy, and effort into it helps it move along and grows your friendship and it gets deeper. I love that. I'm going to take that personal challenge up myself. Yes. And now I just need to figure out who is going to be the lucky recipient. Or victim. <laughs> or victim, that's right. <laughs> you know, I, I want to take a quick moment and talk about the Art of Living Thrive Retreat Workshop we have coming up in November. It's going to be the first weekend of November, the 2nd through the 4th in Boone, North Carolina. If you would like to join Dara and Garth for this wonderful retreat, we're going to reinvigorate, inspire, motivate all of these wonderful words that you can think of and have you step out of your normal day-to-day -day life and become very intentional for the weekend. And hopefully those intentions will carry through to a daily routine for you after the weekend. Go to napkinnotesdad.com slash retreat. You can read all about it. We are limiting signups for the weekend. And so we're hoping that this is going to fill up very quickly. Get in as soon as you can. It is November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at the Art of Living Retreat Center. And we're really excited to be able to put this on for you. 
So excited. And you know what? I'm guessing that there are going to be some beautiful relationships and friendships formed that weekend. Because yeah, I hope so, because I yeah. have, I've spoken to a handful of people here in Richmond that are signing up. And I know these people and they're, and they're pretty beautiful awesome people, people, right? Yeah. Right. And yeah. so when you get a bunch of like-minded people exactly. together for an yes. event like this, you know that there's going to be some type of catalyst in the conversations that happen. A hundred percent. It's amazing how you can meet people at a retreat, people that you didn't know before. And because you're just in that space and you're sharing and you're open and you're all there to grow, it's amazing what beautiful friendships can form. So yeah, we're, we're so excited to be able to yeah. do this. I'm, I'm excited because to be honest, I was, I wasn't expecting folks from Richmond to make their way to down to Boone, North Carolina. Why? Why? Um, it's not that far. I know. I know. But I guess it, that's my own personal bias where, you know, I live in Richmond and you know, the, the landscape of Richmond, there are some great restaurants on the other side of town. Right. Right. But I'm, right. I'm like, I don't want to cross the river for dinner. I know. And I'm in North Carolina. And the, I mean, the cool thing about this is it just happens to be in driving distance to from North Carolina and Virginia. So anyway, you know, <laughs> airports are close by. Just get there. If you if your heart have even the smallest bit of, hmm, that sounds like it might be something for me, just take the plunge and do it. You will not regret it. You know, Dara, that, as you were saying this, um, it reminded me of this joke from Stephen Wright. Do you know who that comedian is? I he's, could lie and say I do, but I don't. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> he's somebody I saw on like HBO as a kid or something like that. He has a really wicked dry sense of humor. Mm -hmm. and he speaks in a monotone. The way he says things, it's just in a manner that you wouldn't expect it, which is something for me is that's what I really find funny. And one of the things he says is the phrase walking distance. And he's mm. like, well, everything's walking distance if you've got the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be walking to Boone, North Carolina. No, I'm not going to ask you to do that. So, um, you know, so as we were going through this and, you know, I always try to pick a napkin note that I've written to Emma that is germane to the topic. Mm. And, um, and this is something that I have been trying to instill in Emma ever since she was a little girl, because I feel very, very strongly about my role as a dad and what my job was. Some of my job was mechanical, right? Teach Emma to brush her teeth properly. Teach Emma how to throw a softball properly. Some of it was emotional and helping her learn how to deal with emotions. And then some of it was how to deal with other people and, and relationships. But... And this is something I feel very strongly about, and it is probably the subject of a completely different podcast, although it'll actually come up on our weekend. Mm. And my note is, dear Emma, you are your most important relationship. You well, know what? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am so glad that you said that because you're right. We should take a moment to talk about the relationship we have with ourselves. And I don't think that we... We as a society, I don't think most people give that the time and energy and effort that it deserves, but I love that you said that to her. Part of my job as a dad, I've always said, is to help Emma grow up to be the strong, confident young woman. And how do you do that? And uh, admittedly, I didn't know how to do that. So I read and I searched and I just tried to, I tried all different sorts of things because you never know what's going to work with your own child. But I knew from my experience growing up that I didn't feel comfortable with myself until I was in my 
early 20s, maybe mid 20s even. And part of that was societal, right? I grew up in a small town. Communication wasn't as much. My family, we had what, three TV stations. So three news stations we could watch, a daily newspaper, but it, it was just a different time. I have always But I think a lot of people say that. I think a lot of people aren't comfortable being by themselves or, you know, spending time with themselves or even just like do you ever go to a restaurant and eat a meal by yourself or go to a movie by yourself? I have, absolutely. You have? Yeah, absolutely. You, okay. Uh, I can, it, on, yeah, I haven't I haven't I've only gone to a movie by myself like once or twice. But it's not that I wouldn't. It just never seems to that I never really get in that situation. So I, I think because I used to travel a lot for work. Right, right. And, you know, there were times when it's like, I really need to have dinner. My company says I'm not supposed to order room service. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm going to go and spend the same amount of money in a restaurant as opposed to ordering room service. And so then what do you were... do? What do you do when you go to a restaurant by yourself? I usually bring a book. Okay. So I remember the very first time I went to a restaurant by myself. I was like 23. And I... It was my first job and I was traveling and I never had done it by myself before. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm the biggest loser because I'm at a restaurant by myself. And I was all kind of caught up in that. And I had like three magazines that I was going to take because I didn't want to not have anything to do. But it's actually, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I've gone to the movies by myself. Uh, I And again, I started back then because there were a lot of times that I was traveling and there was not a lot to do in the evening. I mean, I wasn't going to go out and drink at bars. I wasn't going to go do, you know, stupid wild things. But I would go go to a movie that maybe Lisa wouldn't enjoy. Sure, sure. And I even do that now. I think last summer I went to a movie or two by myself because I, I was pretty sure Lisa didn't want to go and Emma wasn't available. And it was just like, hey, you know, I have no problem doing that. You know, what's interesting is... I think because of how comfortable I am with myself, I do feel 100% comfortable eating by myself. Absolutely. I mean, what I love, I actually love having time by myself now. What I, is I your favorite way to spend, if you have an hour, what's your favorite way to spend an hour alone? Well, it, it really depends on what my mindset is. Okay. Right? So I get that. Of, right. So I've had this break in, in my reading ability, right? And it's called sure. Emma. Right. So sure. the moment that you have kids and I was reading a book a day and then Emma came along and I was like, oh, I haven't read a book this month. Yeah. Um, so if I have the energy, because you do have to pay attention while you're reading, I really like to read. And what I try to do is I alternate books. I read a book for pleasure and then a book for learning or a book yeah. for growth. And that's how I kind of steal like my hour. That's an hour. If I'm just really not in the mood to read or I need to kick back and kind of goof off, I'll play I'll play video games for an hour. Yeah. I think my favorite way is just honestly, either taking a walk in nature by myself without my, without my phone or my iPod. Like I don't want to hear any music. I just want to literally be thinking or sitting in a coffee shop with a cup of tea by myself and my journal and just really focusing and just like letting whatever thoughts are coming through, come through. I love that. I actually, um, I, I grabbed a cup of coffee by myself on purpose the other day, and I brought my fountain pens and a stack of note paper just fun. for letters. I mean, I actually think that's so fun. Nothing makes me happier than school supplies, honestly. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> it's dangerous. So, Emma and I walk into an, an office supply store and five right? hours later. Oh my God. It's like, love it. 
Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. We have had so much fun. Remember, find that one person in your life that you want to intentionally focus on and grow that relationship and let us know how it goes. And you know what? If you can, grab an hour by yourself somewhere this week and spend a little time developing that relationship as well. I love that idea. Yeah. I'm Dara Kurtz, author of Crush Cancer and creator of CrazyPerfectLife.com. I'm Garth Callahan, the Napkin Notes Dad. You can find out more about me at NapkinNotesDad.com. Thanks for listening. Thrive is created by Dara Kurtz of Crazy Perfect Life and Garth Callahan, the Napkin Notes Dad, with the hope that we help you develop motivation and inspiration to make your life remarkable. It would mean so much to us if you shared this with your friends and family and left us a review on iTunes. Remember, you deserve to thrive. Thrive Podcast is copyrighted by Dara and Garth.